Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, producer, uh, hand model. And fake best friend. Ramon B. How are you? I'm good. Now, we haven't seen each other since, uh, what was it, last week? Last year. I mean, uh, yeah, last week. I did stop week. in. You did. You were not actually on the schedule, Thought we per were going to do the podcast, and it turns out we weren't doing the podcast. Yeah, but, but you know what? You're here now, and that's what matters. Now, do the people tuning in know we pre-record these months in advance? Yes, and they also, but they don't tune in. And they don't They care. download. They download. Oh, is that what the kids yes. do these days? They the don't kids? tune in. They don't tune so in. So if you're tuning in, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it absolutely wrong. Please try a different, get, get modern. <laughs> they download, huh? That they do. Okay. So uh, we always start with what I like to call the headlines of the day. Hmm. This is news that you can use. Can I use that? Probably not. Okay. Maybe this one, though. All right. It says uh, scientists have now developed a robot Mm. that can shoot a gun. Wow. Which means next week you'll be robbed by your Roomba. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. I like that. I mean, I wouldn't laugh, but I like that. No. Robbed by a Roomba. Robbed that sounds like an autobiography title of by sorts. Roomba. Do you have a Roomba? No. No. I don't vacuum. Yeah. I, at I, all. I, I said that. Manually. Uh-huh. You just have a cat? <laughs> <laughs> do you own a dog or a no, cat? No, I do not. Not a pet owner. Not a pet owner. Fish? Nope. Nothing. Not at all. I, I did have some termites at one time, but yeah, other than I have that. Ter- I have ongoing. Now, here's yeah. a little uh, real estate fun fact. Yay. McCormick Ranch. Are you familiar with the McCormick Ranch yes. where I live? Yes. We had snow there on Sunday. Wow. Now, what would you call snow? Well, I would, go, I would flakes coming out of okay. the sky. there we go. And that happens uh, about once every decade because the chances of it being cold enough to snow – and cloudy enough to rain mm-hmm. on the same day, it's like a billion to one shot. Was it there enough on. snow in order no. to make a snowball fight or no. a snowman? No, that snow- happened once in my life. Snow angel. Only nothing. once in 60 years does that happen. Yeah. Do you remember snow here? Have you seen it? Well, I remember something like in 19, 2019, 18. Mm-hmm. Well, it looked like kind of like snow. Yeah. It stayed on the ground for a little while. Yeah. That's, yeah, I that's the only that. time it ever piled up. Yeah, that was something else. And then you have a five-car pileup, so there's that. Wow. Now, uh, we have been talking last week, mm-hmm. which is like months ago. Yes. Oh, did you have a nice Christmas, by the way? I did indeed. And yourself? 
Well, here's the thing. I'm still waiting on the gift. I had the uh, yeah. This is this story will be a gift. Oh, good. I had a colonoscopy the day after Christmas. Well, so I could not eat on Christmas Day. Wow. There's other things I could do on Christmas Day, but eating was kind of the opposite of those things. Oh man. Yeah. That's uh, that fun. Good timing. So you. That is awful. Yeah. You're, uh, yeah. Uh, let's just say it wasn't exactly a Yule log that you were getting. Yeah. Out. There. We went there. Sure yeah. we did, well, kids. Right. Come on. It's cheap, but it's Never. funny. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we're supposed to talk about real estate. Might as My well. My goodness. And uh, I think uh, last week we were talking about buyers and the the fearless agent buyer presentation. So the purpose of the fearless agent buyer presentation is to get the buyer to be loyal to you, eagerly sign the buyer broker agreement uh, before you ever show a single house or uh, search the MLS, get them to use your lender so that they don't have problems. And so we were talking about widening out the questions that we ask. So uh, if you didn't hear that episode, I don't know the number of it, but it's uh, last week's episode. So um, widening out the, the people, you know, they, there's the old saying that buyers are liars. That really isn't true. It's because uh, the real estate agents are asking the wrong questions and therefore the uh, buyers then go out and buy something th- completely different than what you were – what they said they wanted. But we did, really didn't ask the questions the right way. So we've, we've widened them out. The final question was, if we find the right house today, would you buy it today? And they go, well, uh, and they say, well, let me ask it a different way. If we found the right house today, would you buy it today? And they go, well, yeah, if we, fi- if we found the right house. Okay. So did you bring your checkbook with you? Uh, no, we didn't. Oh, I guess we know which house we're going to first. Yeah, we're going to go to your house, pick up your checkbook, because when you find the right house, you have to have your checkbook and a quick draw holster. We're going to. So you get them in the mode of, yeah, this is the day we're going to buy a house today. So they're thinking that way. So when, and, uh, you know, of course, we're not going out today, but uh, after we search the MLS and do all that stuff. So, so the, in the fearless agent buyer presentation, we're making some points to cause some bad things not to happen, good things to happen, overcome objections that may come up later, uh, crush the competition. All that stuff is built in. So the first one is that we don't put the cart before the horse. Now, uh, hopefully, I have met uh, or the the buyer – has met with over the phone or in person with my lender. They've been pre-approved for a monthly payment and they've been and the lender has told me the maximum monthly payment they are approved for. I don't want to know the loan amount they're approved for because by the time we actually do buy a house, the interest rate could have changed, which does change the loan amount. Uh and but it wouldn't change that monthly payment that they're maximum approved for. The lender should also tell me, your lender should also tell you what is the maximum down payment they have available, whether they want to put that much down or they want to make that high a monthly payment or not. I need to know what's the maximum they're approved for. And then when I do my search, it's going to be 
with that in mind, what's the maximum they're they're approved for? So when you think about how buyers operate, let's say we're in the five hundred thousand dollar price range. So the the uh, but the buyers approved for seven hundred thousand. So at today's interest rate, based on their maximum monthly payment and their maximum down payment, they could pay seven hundred thousand. But if they're like me, so they say, you know, we we could afford more, but uh, let's see what we can find under five hundred thousand. So they go out, you show them houses at five hundred. Of course, they don't like what they see, and then they go, you know what? Let's let's do five fifty. Let's let's see what we can get for five fifty. So then you do another search, five fifty and below. You go out, show the the new ones that you haven't shown them yet. They go, yeah, you know, I'm not really, not really. This is none of this is really floating my boat. Let's, you know, let's look under six hundred. Then you do six hundred. By the time they do that, they're sick of that agent. Now they're on to another agent. Finally, they get a fearless agent that shows them the seven hundred thousand dollar houses first because they found out that's what they can afford. And, you know, that they may not love those either, but that's the maximum they can afford. It doesn't. But those are a seven hundred thousand dollar house looks a lot different than a five hundred thousand dollar house. But everybody kind of does that. So show them what they can afford uh, and then you can show them what they said they didn't want to pay any more than. And those are two wildly different things. So the people that that are pre-approved. For seven hundred thousand, that say they want to buy, pay five hundred, always end up paying seven hundred. That's just human nature. So, the first point we're going to make in the in the presentation is, you know, we don't want to put the cart before the horse. So that's why, right after we meet here, you're going to meet with the lender if they haven't already. Now, hopefully, they've already met with the lender by the time they come in and meet with you. So and they've met with your lender because, again, the reason not to use their lender is because the day before, you know, people would say to me, uh, well, we already have a lender. I go, oh, can I ask you about your lender? And they'd say, sure. I say, well, the day before closing, you're moving vans all loaded up with all the furniture and stuff out of your other house where you live now. And you're ready to move in the very next day. And then your lender calls you and says, actually, we screwed something up and we can't make the loan. Uh, On that day, would you switch to my lender? And they'd say, well, of course. I'd say, well, that's why we're going to use my lender now. So that doesn't happen. So my lender's not going to allow that to happen. So if you have a problem uh, in a home purchase, you don't have to wonder where the problem is going to be. It's going to be with the lender. It's not. It's very. It's not going to be the the realtor that screws up. It's not going to be the title company that screws up. It's going to be the lender. So if you use my lender, and there are exceptions to that. For example, let's say your mother owns a mortgage company and you're the buyer. Okay, she's not going to screw up your loan. Uh, you work for uh, Chase Bank. Okay, you probably have to get your loan through them, but even, you know, and banks are not, they don't do, banks make car loans for a living. So always use a mortgage company, not a bank. So I don't want their mortgage going through Wells Fargo or Chase or something like that. I want it to be, did we just lose them as a sponsor? 
Yes, we did. Do we still have the coffee sponsor? No. Okay. <laughs> they never <laughs> were. So um, you want to you make sure that your, your lender is who they use, so we make that point right up front. So that's why, you know, we're not putting the cart before the horse. That's why we want – I had you – Get pre-approved for a monthly payment um, through my lender. And then the next thing we're going to do is go search the MLS. So uh, now we have a call coming in. Yay. Would you like to have a caller? Sure. Hello, caller. Hello, Mr. Ramon. How are you? Very good. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, here we are. We're on the podcast. And now we have a caller. We have a caller. (laughs) It's Jose Maldonado. Yes, sir. All the way from Massachusetts. What's the temperature in Massachusetts today, Jose? Uh, 34, 35 degrees. Oh, it's almost that cold here. We're having a cold snap in Arizona. All right, Jose, you called in with a question. What's your – well, let's play What's, what's your, question? your Question? We need to get that sound the effect. Thing? Yeah, what? I'll have to, what? What? we'll have to work on that. <laughs> you have to give me a budget. All right. <laughs> you guys are characters, man. Really? So my question is, what is the most effective way to getting the present – what well, the the, the – the prospect and the presentation together other than doing it well learning the present learning it you mean yes so if you, let's take the listing presentation as an example shall we sure all right so i want you to write down these numbers can you yes two three four five and twelve twelve and on the usb drive we sent you you hear audio and video recordings of me demonstrating the five presentations. So two of them are video, which would be pricing and investor, which is a continuous stream of video. But they're kind of, you know, I do some setup stuff to talk about you. But then but then when I'm demonstrating the actual presentation, they're kind of broken into these little vignettes and you want to make sure that you learn those little vignettes one at a time in other words don't watch the video all the way through over and over you would never learn it that way for example uh, each one of those little vignettes was a thing i used to say to buyers sellers investors to get their head right to get them to do the right make good choices and so, you know, I found myself saying the same thing kind of the same way, but not with the same exact word. So it wasn't I never had anything memorized. I was, just was making the correct point in my own words the same way. So when you, and then the uh, listing presentation uh, for sale by owner and buyer, those are audio recordings and they're broken into tracks kind of like on a CD or a cassette tape. Remember cassette tapes, uh, Ramon? Are you old no, enough for that? No, I okay. don't. I I'm, don't remember. I'm those. the only one old enough for I'm, that. I'm acting like I don't remember. He's pre-track, which was reel to reel, is what happened. You, pro- you probably had eight tracks, didn't you? I did have yeah. an eight track. Yeah. yeah, I had. Uh, I had BG's main course. Wow. Uh, living it up on the nights on Broadway. Remember that? Bell bottoms. I had notes. Steve Miller band. Fly uh, like an eagle, baby. And then somebody broke into my car and stole my eight track player. 
Really? Yeah, but they didn't steal the eight tracks. They evidently thought I had horrible taste in music. I don't know what that's all about. Kind of, kind of shamed me a little bit. You know, huh? somebody broke into my car once and installed an eight-track player. Is that's that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did I tell you I took accordion lessons? No. Yeah, I, I had the accordion in the back seat. And I parked in kind of a little bit of a sketchy neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then when I came out to my car, the whole back windshield was broken out, and there were three other accordions in the back. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's how bad it is. Hey -oh. Oh. Hold on a second. Wait. There Thank we go. you. Thank right. you. Back. Okay. So, yes, so, <laughs> so tracks <laughs> on the listing presentation. I want you to memorize. Uh, I want you to be a rock star at your delivery of tracks two, three, four, five, and twelve. And then circle number two and number 12, be memorized word for word on those. So the expired list intro, you would want to be memorized on. You'll just feel better if you are. And then the uh, nutshell close at the end. And then and every presentation is like that. So and again, learn them one at a time. So obviously, if you're going to memorize word for word, the, the uh, expired list intro, you would want to you know, break that into little smaller chunks until you got it. And then like the first paragraph and then this and the, have, have that memorized. And then the second paragraph by itself, memorize that by itself, then put them together, memorize that whole thing. And then do number three paragraph by itself and then put them th all three together. And then pretty soon you get a little foundation built up and it's easy to add to after that. So that's really the okay. way to do it. And I have about 60 hours of memorized speaking gig stuff, I like to call it. And, uh, and I don't have it memorized word for word, but I, I know the point I'm going to make. And I've said them enough times that I, you know, I'm doing speaking gigs and I probably do say it the same way every time, but I don't have to. So I want you to be able to make the same point in your own words that I am making and by the way, it's I only say it the same way every time because it's recorded. So in real life, I, I never had it memorized. But after a while, okay. you kind of say it the same way every time. Yeah, after so many times doing it. Mm -hmm. Are you okay. have you memorized track number two yet? The expired list intro? No, I did not. Well, do that today. Memorize that today. Okay. I mean, literally, you could you could learn, other than the investor presentation, which has math, uh, you could learn any presentation of ours in three hours, probably. Good enough. Even if you suck at it, it still works. Okay. Because the I mean, client... The, principle. the client doesn't know what it's supposed to sound like. And even if you Correct. suck at the fearless agent presentation, it's going to be 10,000 times better than any non-fearless agent presentation. Well, they probably don't even have a presentation. So you don't have to worry. Don't, don't, don't be wor worried about getting it just right. Just don't skip steps is the secret. Make sure okay. you make every point in the order. And that's what the visuals are there to help you remind you what comes next when they get you off. You know, they tell you some story and your eyes are glazing over and you almost fell asleep and they go, oh, we're back. OK, where were we? And then start back where you were. So that's the secret. 
that is the secret. All right. Any other questions? Um, would you would you prospect for um, people that are pre foreclosure? No. 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 I I recommend n- not doing weird stuff. You know, some people okay. say, "Oh, I got an ac- easy access to pre foreclosures or uh, probate or uh, divorce people." I always say, if you go looking for trouble, you'll find it. You'll have enough problems just with regular people without focusing on the people. You know, everybody in pre-foreclosure has one thing in common. Do you know what that is? Yeah, they're in trouble. Well, no, they're addicted to something. Porn, meth, pot, alcohol, something. So you're you're dealing, what was that? Podcast. Podcast, podcast addicts. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. That's okay. That is all right. That's acceptable. If they're binge tuning in, no. Oh, you don't binge tune into a download. podcast. Okay, I got one that wrong. Days, okay, you're going to so, get it right. So one of these days. So we were just talking about the buyer presentation. So uh, the second part of the buyer presentation is what happens next is. Uh, I'm going to go search the MLS based on the answers to the questions I asked you, and then I'm going to have I'm going to create a list of all the properties that meet your absolute minimum requirements, and then I'm going to show those to you on paper. I'm going to have you weed out the ones you know you don't want to waste your time seeing, uh, and that way we can more quickly get to the ones you love. And that way we can more quickly get to your favorite house. And by the way, every your favorite house will be every buyer's favorite house. So our our goal is to beat every other buyer to your favorite house. So I'm I'm installing some urgency in them. So when they see a house that they could live in, it's not perfect. It's the best of the ones they've seen. That is their favorite house of the ones they've seen. And that will be every buyer's favorite house. And again, our goal is to beat every other buyer to your favorite house. So at that point, we write a contract. We make a strike a deal with the seller. And then some things happen. So one of those things is uh, home inspection. So Jose, uh, how long have you been in real estate? 12 years. So you've had some problems with home inspections, correct? Um, yes, I've been through a fair share of home inspection. Mm-hmm. So the, the problems with home inspections are that the buyer is led to believe that the seller has to fix stuff. Now, when you're a fearless agent, you never allow, uh, if I represent you as the buyer, Jose, if you're my buyer and there's something broken in your favorite house, you will be fixing that thing your way with your own money and your repairman. Because if you ask the seller to make a repair and then three days after closing, you find that the repair wasn't made correctly, who will you call, Jose? Oh, that's right. You will call me, the buyer agent, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to hear from you. So uh, if you've picked your own repairman, paid your own money, your own way, and something goes wrong with that repair, you will not be calling me. And that's, that's, that's the way that should always go. So never allow a seller to make a repair of any kind, no matter how small. And I can, there are probably some exceptions to that, but they are not very common. So you, 
the purpose of the home inspection, when I explain it to the buyer, is so that you know, you know, you fell in love with the house, you were walking through it, you weren't doing an inspection. But the purpose of the home inspection is so that you know what is working and what is not working uh, in in the house that you already fell in love with. Then you have an appraisal. And the purpose of the appraisal is not to provide value, you know, to tell you what the value is of the home. You already have decided that. The purpose of the appraisal is to see if the lender and you, the buyer, and the house is a good fit. And uh, if the appraisal comes in low, you're, you're not going to renegotiate the price because the seller has backup offers probably and you'll just get kicked out and you don't end up living in your favorite house. So then what happens is you will go to uh, a title company. You'll get a complete accounting of, of all the uh, – You'll be notified of all the – you'll see a HUD-1 settlement statement. You'll see where all the, where all the money goes. Then you'll do a uh, walkthrough, final walkthrough. The purpose of the final walkthrough is so that you know that all the stuff that was working at the later of the date of the contract being written or the home inspection, um, whatever was working is still working and whatever was broken is still broken. And then you go to the title company, you sign a bunch of papers. Now, in Arizona, it's different in different states. We'll talk to Jose about how they do it in Massachusetts. But in Arizona, there is no closing. Uh, the, the parties go separately to the title company at their own convenience. They sign papers, and then, uh, and then it records downtown. So recording is a thing. That's when the ownership is switched electronically through the miracle of computers, I will be notified and then hand you the keys to your new home. And at no time will there ever be a case where you will be uh, doing repairs, cleaning up, uh, storing things in the garage until you own that house. Uh, there will be no, no furniture of yours will be entering the house or anything like that. So if you have any crazy ideas like that, it will not happen. Do you understand that? Yeah. Okay. And then we have the... Um, uh, agency. So uh, this is a document that lets you know uh, that I represent you only. And uh, the only exception to that would be if you happen to fall in love with a house that was listed by my company or me personally. So in the off chance, so agency is about inside information. If you tell me, oh, I am so in love with this house, I would pay anything to buy it, you might not want me to tell that to the seller. Legally, I'm not allowed to, even if you tell me that. Um, and then uh, by the same token, the seller might say, oh, we're desperate to sell, we'll take a lot less. Uh, if the seller told me that or the buyer – the seller's agent told me that, I would have to tell you as the buyer that inf inside information because I represent only you. But in that off chance that you fall in love with a property that's listed with my company, then I could not give you the seller's inside information and I could not – and I'm in no instance would I be giving out your inside information um, – and, and by the way, your financial ability 
to buy the property is not inside information. You do have to disclose that to every seller. Uh, any questions on how that goes? No. And then there's finally is the agreement between you and me. We call this the buyer broker agreement. And uh, the way I the way I do this is um, I don't care which house you buy. You know, I want I want to I, I I would talk you out. I think it's my job to talk you out of buying a house that is not right for you. So the dirty little secret in the real estate business is there are some sellers uh, who would pay me more as the selling agent or the buyer agent uh, to sell you on buying their house than other sellers would pay me. So the compensation would not be the same to me depending on which house you buy or fall in love with. So I'm a little – I'm uncomfortable with that. So here's how I do it. I just write in here that any offerings to the selling agent uh, above 3% of the sales price will be rebated back to the buyer in escrow by the title company in a form of, of a reduction in the sales price. So if they pay me 4%, you get a 1% reduction on the sales price. Uh, Conversely, if they're offering 2%, let's say, to me, any offerings below 3% would be offset by in escrow by an an increase in the sales price um, by the same amount and paid for by seller. So that way, I don't care which house you buy. I'm completely objective. Any questions about that? So they say no. They sign the buyer-broker agreement. So that now the buyer-broker agreement is signed. And then the question many times by agents is, well, what happens if they offer 2%? And the answer is, I'm just going to eat it. Whatever they offer in the MLS is what I'm going to get paid the the purpose of me saying that is just to get them to sign the buyer broker agreement. When they're signing the buyer bro- broker agreement, they're saying, "I'm going to stick with you, Bob. I'm going to be loyal to you." Uh, does that make sense to you, Jose? Yes. Okay. So that that's what we do with the buyers, and then uh, you know, always, always, always prove your case. I always say. Uh, uh, when I give people advice, I always say, I'm going to say I told you so. Whether you take my advice and you, and you get less money, if you, if, you, if you take my advice and you get way more money for your house, let's say if it's a seller, or you don't take my advice and you get way less money, either way, I'm going to t- say I told you so. So you're getting the I told you so either way, with or without the money. So that's up to you. Right? And then after they're mm-hmm. closed – and they're super happy, say, see, I told you so. So doing things in the right order, not skipping steps. So, you know, the buyer presentation is follows a similar uh, format uh, as most of the other presentations. So once you once you learn the listing presentation, Jose, then you're not going to have a problem learning the others because they all follow a a similar form. The FISBO is a little different. Um, The uh, investor is a little bit different, but 
it teaches you how to learn. Once you learn the listing presentation, which you could learn good enough in a day. So you might just do that today. Okay. Yeah. And, but make sure you listen to one track at a time. So start with memorized track number two. And then track number three is the preview of coming attractions. Make sure you are a rock star at that. And you do have a visual that goes along with both of those. And then, um, and by the way, take the, um, the expired list that I gave you, the visual. Yeah. Make sure you use that one. Don't change it to one from your area. Uh, any okay. visuals in the presentation, do not change them to one from your area because that will screw you okay. up. So uh, so that is a list of expired houses. That's, it represents failure. So failure looks like failure in every neighborhood. doesn't matter. And then uh, it's just what, what did those people have in common? And what they had in common was two things. One is they chose to do business with an agent who allowed them to fail. And then number two is that, in my opinion, those agents and those sellers never should have agreed to join forces in the first place. I think you'd agree on that. So it, it, that wouldn't matter what year it was. It wouldn't matter what neighborhood it was. That is, those two things are still true. So just make sure you're, you're making the point and the visuals are only there to remind you what point comes next. Any other questions about that? Um. No, so just to actually yes. So the expired list intro track number two is the listen presentation, right? That's that's mm -hmm. after so the opening thing you say. You know, you walk up to the house, you ring the bell, you smile, you pay them a compliment, you take them directly to the kitchen table. You don't do what incompetent Mike Ferry, Tom Ferry, Brian Buffoonery idiot agents mm -hmm. do. You don't take the tour of the house first. That would be incompetent and ridiculous. You take them right to the kitchen table, break the ice, and then the very first thing you do is say, first of all, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to meet with you tonight. I really appreciate right. that. And, um, and, and then you're into the expired list intro. So before you take, before you take the tour, actually, you just follow the in the in the listing presentation visual there says questions is the first thing so you're doing the the expired list intro the preview of coming attractions which makes them feel comfortable with what you're going to do while you're there and then you actually ask the questions then you take the tour by the end of the four questions they have to be sold on you so that's where you want to spend your time. Really, the fearless agent listing presentation is the is the questions. So you want to be great at that. And every seller's situation is different. You know, some of them are selling a house they live in. Some of them are selling a house they don't live in. It might be a vacation home. Some of them are selling a rental house. Some of them are selling land, which never sells. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, and then, you know, but every, but or they they may be uh, moving to an old folks home. They may be getting a divorce. They, you know, there's a lot of different situations. They might have lost their job. So the questions were going to be different, a little bit. Okay. So how you ask those questions is what sells them on you. They have to be sold on you before you take the tour of the house. Okay. Have Have you ever run into a situation that they're not sold on you? 
before he took the tour. I know it's hard to believe, but yes. Okay. Yeah, but and that and that is usually because um, maybe it's my personality is not a good fit for them. Yeah, you know some 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 people will know that I'm not their type of guy. Like they have a bumper sticker on their Subaru that says coexist. And then my bumper sticker on my pickup truck says, keep honking. I'm reloading. I don't think we're going to get along. I don't know. I just, uh, they're not my. You may not be everybody's cup of tea. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's so true. So true. Or cup of Folgers, as I like to say. Oh, gee whiz. Do I have to play this song? Yeah, I would. All right. Right. Now, here's a shameless plug. By the way, if any of the stuff we talked about with the lovely Jose here makes any sense to you whatsoever and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help, go to fearlessagent.com, watch our free webinar in the upper right-hand corner of the banner, and then you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. I'll probably answer And we'll do a complimentary coaching call just to see if you and what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what we do at Fearless Agent, if that would be a good fit. So, uh, by the way, let's plug Jose. You can uh, can call Jose in uh, Brockton, Mass. Is that correct? Is that Boston, right? Yeah, it's it's south of Boston. In the Boston Greater Metroplex. You can call him. You can go get a lobster roll. At 774-240-3445, and he will do a great job for you. And then, uh, by the way, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us today, including Jose. And please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. If you can, give us a five-star review of the podcast on whatever platform you're with. Subscribe to fearlessagent.tv. And then uh, never forget to call me for a complimentary coaching call again at 480-385-8810. Until next week, do what we always do. Always have fun, be humble, and most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Oh,